0: Monster Modal Meltdown, Meltdown.
1: Now Here we are, with the Mikatuska Mr. Fastfinger interview It's the Monster Modal Meltdown there uh, with the title track from his most recent album Tremors uh, and as I said this is the interview special so uh without further ado let's barrel into it shall we uh, here we go right okay so you said to me to remind you to press the record button are you recording it <laughs> well now I am now I am yeah <laughs> excellent right okay so um uh, welcome, Mika. Uh, is it uh, is it uh, Tysku? Is
2: that right? Well, very close. Nobody gets it right. Uh, it's Mika Tuiska.
1: Tuiska. Well, so closer. it's like an it's like an oo uh, oo uh, sound. Tuska. Tuska, Yeah, pretty close. Tuska. Okay, well we'll go with that. We'll go with Mika Tuska. So welcome to the uh, Monster Modal Meltdown, Mika. Um, I kind of want to do this. Uh, nice and chilled, just a proper chat. Nice, uh, nice bottle of beer on the go, um, <laughs> or maybe a scotch or something. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Perfect. So yeah, does that suit you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all good. Okay. Right. So um, I kind of obviously been doing my research and looking at the uh, the uh, Mister Fast Finger character and uh, kind of yeah. getting uh, I- immersed in all of this kind of uh, cartoon hero worship type stuff. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and it just made me wonder, um, who would you say your original hero was? I mean, who's the, who's the person that made you kind of not want to play the drums and pick up a guitar instead? Well, to pick up the guitar, um,
2: well, the, the biggest impact was probably that my older brother got an electric guitar in the house yeah. and whenever he would go out I would sneak into his room and, and try to figure out how the whammy bar worked
1: but um <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> how many strings did you snap?
2: <laughs> well that guitar uh, a little bit later I actually bought that guitar from him uh one year later or something and that was the the thing with that guitar I hated it because it especially the the e-string, the, the high e-string would snap like every week and uh, I would need to <laughs> ask my mother to give me a little bit of money so I could go buy a new string. But uh, I think my main guitar heroes, I would say it's definitely Steve Vai because I felt like yeah. he was something else than... I, I felt like there's something very... Uh, level two it wasn't that much it, it it felt like it's not based on blues it was something else and that was yeah kind of really really that, yeah. really drew my attention yeah
1: yeah it was a very um it was a very futuristic type player wasn't he yeah um, i mean you you and i are sort of similar ages so we were probably getting into guitar music kind of around about the same time and um yeah steve and steve and joe were were huge influences on me as well um
2: yeah you know. I, I used to usually say when when somebody asks all my childhood heroes i i say all the steves and joe
1: <laughs> and joe <laughs> perhaps joe's middle name is steve maybe i don't know be. yeah might be. <laughs> joe steve uh-huh. satrioni <laughs> nightmares from passion and warfare figured i should play some steve vai scenes as uh he is one of all the steves <laughs> honestly i had a great time interviewing Micka. he's absolutely great so moving on i asked him uh so then, Mika, you know uh why the guitar how did you get into that
2: i, I sucked at everything at school and for some reason music started becoming more and more interesting and I, I, I got into listening music heavily and uh, then I formed a band when I was like maybe... F- I was sixth sixth grader and uh, I was a band leader. I couldn't play anything. I, I I could play piano like Home Sweet Home beginning the intro yeah. riff and yeah. uh, Hill Street Blues. I don't know if you remember that series. On yeah, TV. I do. Did the, it. <laughs> the first two bars from that... But uh, I, I formed a band and um, I, I hired my classmates to play on it or ask yeah, yeah. Them to play. And, and, uh, and during the very first rehearsals, which was Friday morning in the music class of the school, uh, I saw how guitar was tuned to the uh, the keys of keyboard. Yeah. And, uh, I I uh, well. That that really you know made an impact on me. And when I got home, I I had a midi uh, not midi but like a cheesy synthesizer and an acoustic guitar. Uh, I I don't think I had electric guitar, but I I I was able to tune my guitar, and that was a big big um, big uh, step. The next step was when I invented the pentatonic scale. That's another thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you did well inventing that <laughs> yeah well I, well it's sort of you know i found it by year of so uh, it's funny it's the uh it's the called fi- I, I, is it called the fifth box so it's not the box yes. that you you typically think of m- like minor pentatonic but it's the the the, the box below that
1: yeah I got you. yeah yeah I was I was into Iron Maiden and uh, Adrian Smith, and uh, so I was coming at it from a more sort of um, British 70s rock blues kind of angle, so lots of sort of double string bends and stuff like that, and really kind of leaning into stuff. Um, in fact, mentioning Adrian Smith, I, I read that... Uh, he he admits that he started playing the guitar to just attract girls. <laughs> I mean, it was was that part of it for you at school? I mean you you said you were an underachiever at school. Were you were you like a nerd or were you like a cool kid, you know?
2: Uh I don't know. I th- I, I was th- I think I was uh, I was closer to the nerd, I guess. It was just <laughs> uh, like I said I sucked at everything and once I get the, got the guitar in my hands, I felt like I've, there's finally there's something I could become good at you didn't do too bad at it did you really <laughs>
1: well yeah not, not <laughs> that bad I mean not so bad
2: <laughs> I, well I there are still moments when, when I think I absolutely suck and uh, just a few days ago but uh, it's still you know the guitar has been a great success and, and
1: a great thing for me obviously yeah, yeah absolutely it's your it's, it's your best friend and your worst enemy uh, to be honest i think yeah. as well you know it punishes you it yeah. punishes you back when when you've got the especially when you've got like a melody going around in your head and you just can't nail the way to attack it and the uh you know the technique just just lets you down and you you know you just find yourself thinking especially when you know you've now got youtube to look at and you look at all these young guys they're all in their you know, they're all sort of fourteen years old. They're sat on a bed, playing yeah, a, a, yeah. You know, playing a Strandberg and just absolutely blazing Stranberg, and oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it's, and, it, and inst- it's Instagram, a killer, right? Yeah,
2: just open Instagram or YouTube, and and the, yeah, yeah.
1: The the pressure is on. Did you take any lessons from anybody as a as a young guy, or did you you know did you kind of teach yourself?
2: Well, um, I I um, around the time when I had played maybe. Half a year or something, or year, I took one guitar lesson from one uh, guy who was pretty good at uh, mm-hmm. that point, and, and he showed me the right box for the minor pentatonic. <laughs> and also, <laughs> he, uh, he, he fixed <laughs> your invention, yes. <laughs> <didn't he>? So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was a good thing. Actually, I f- had forgotten, but one of my friends just told that. We went for the uh, guitar lesson because I wanted to learn how to do the pinch harmonics and harmonics in yes, general. Yes. So I needed a lesson for that. And uh, I also remember uh, that he also showed me the Ain't Talking About Love riff. So that was one of the things oh. I learned uh, oh, during the final yeah. lesson. But
1: <laughs> other than That's that... That's like a holy grail, that yeah, one. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is.
2: And... Um, but mainly it was just all the magazines and then uh, the uh, videos. But there was, uh, when I was, I don't know, 14 or 15, uh, we had a metal band, and, uh teenage metal band, and, and uh, at some point, I, th- I, I thought I was pretty good already, and then uh, our singer suggested that there was this one guy who could come and uh, play the second guitar to our band. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then um, he came to the band rehearsals and his uh, ABC to guitar playing has basically been Paul Gilbert's Intense Rock Volume 1. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he would—he he had no idea of, of keys or, or scales or, or <laughs> kind of like how do you match a key or scale to a song, whatever. But he would play all those... Paul Gilbert lakes full speed. Really, um, at that point, as as far as I remember, and as some of the very early recordings tell, he was sounding very uh, authentic already, and that was a wow. huge kick ass, uh, major uh, ass kick to my to my ass. So uh, that yes. kind of
1: yeah.
2: what happened was, well, he came to our band, but also every week. I went to his uh, his home and and we spent like one evening just sharing ideas and uh, I would maybe try to enlighten him about some of the realms of of music theory or how music works yeah. and yeah. whatever and he would uh, show me some of these shred licks and and uh, advanced techniques <laughs> so it was a it was really uh, that and we would compose all these harmonized tapping parts for the band and stuff. Uh, oh, very
1: racerex that, yeah.
2: So it was it was really. I mean, for a couple of years, uh, that really kicked my ass. And and there was this one summer because of this this Ismo, this this guy. Yeah, uh, I just uh, I had to. That was probably the biggest uh, inspiration to have like a. Um, I, I did the uh, like workout for myself. I didn't have a summer yeah. job, so I spent uh, every day like five five hour workout that I did every morning. Uh, just pure technique, one hour of stretching, one hour of alternate picking, yeah. one hour of whatever.
1: Yeah yeah i saw you I you i just see you would put a video online about about that where you were talking about that and saying that you were so hard on yourself that if you missed a day the next day would be like 10 hours and stuff <laughs> yeah I mean, so I mean, it wasn't I mean, a that's good option just, too. that's that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a that uh, focus right there ladies and gentlemen uh, yeah Laker well you can do got that got when focus you're, when you're 15 <laughs> or 14 you can do that Featuring Jordan Rudess, that's Shockwaves from the Flight Mode album. Back to Mika. Do you think that you're... Uh, do you think... Because I think you're a very groovy player. Um, I, I I think that, that you have a very kind of loose right wrist when it comes to how you attack the strings. And I, uh, it's very relaxed and flowing. Um, and I really love that. And it leads to some amazing groove-inspired riffs. Oh, thank um, you. Very kind of... Yeah, it's very kind of Van Halen-y. There's so much natural um just soul and stuff coming out of you do you think um it's like the jazz and funk rhythms that i'm kind of talking about are they natural to you or did, did is that something that you've had to work on over the years um that's actually pretty
2: uh difficult uh, i'm not sure that's the first time anybody asks and compliments yeah. that side ba- basically but what the the i would say one of the things that Really helps is, is we do a lot of band rehearsals and and that yeah. is something that you know uh, my bandmates aren't the like super tech uh, type of players they're instead they're more like groove funk yeah funk yeah. Uh, guys the drummer is more focused on jazz and and that kind of you know more more that type of uh, area and and yeah so uh. When you play together, you, you, you know, you. Um, at some point, you realize that I should try to somehow lock in and and, and try to, you know, live the same yeah. same groove. Yeah,
1: but yeah. D- definitely. I mean, I've 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 played in bands, um, yeah. and I've always been the guy that's tried to kind of lock in with the groove. But I often find there's a lot of other guys who just don't seem to hear that and just kind of skate right across the surface of the music and they never actually become um, within the music does that make sense
2: yeah it is and uh, I don't know at what point they they actually uh, there was one um, one moment where um, I don't know maybe I wasn't as uh, technically uh, rhythmically as tight uh, maybe 2010 Mm. or around that time and I did one cover gig I think it was we played Guns and Roses or something, but anyway, okay, um, yeah. I, I remember getting some um, feedback from the other guitar player after the gig, and, and that kind of really that was really good because that kind of really um, made me stop and, and think about it, and somehow that 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 tightness and and kind of uh, being with the with the groove uh, sort of became like an well kind of an obsession or something uh, yeah. i'm i'm very yeah. um, at some point i realized it's not only the, the the beginning of the note you have to sort of play the rests as well
1: and uh, yeah the it's and a lot of palm mute and stuff like that and, yeah, sw- and what well, i've well, always called swagger yeah
2: well that uh, i i kind of like when, when Even when I'm doing alternate picking or whatever, I like the the individual notes to be kind of a... I don't like it to be like a mushy, uh, like a mess. i rather hear very kind of defined uh, output. Uh, Obviously, there are moments when you want everything just to be like a blur or whatever, or a mess, but many times I prefer the very accurate uh, output.
1: to play scarified from second heat that's racer x of course paul gilbert as mika alluded to a big early influence so i asked him these days why are you so groovy when i listen to your stuff i mean um and i'm bringing it right up to date uh, and talking about things like tremors um do you know i'm just transported back to my halcyon days from the mid to late 80s and i'm hearing harold faltermeyer and uh oh yeah i'm seeing beverly i'm seeing beverly hills cop in my mind when i listen to the music and um <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that something you really shot for the whole kind of synthwave vibe
2: well um the, the 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 80s thing has been very strong with me especially for the last i don't know since 2000 and. Maybe seventeen or something. I, I just kind of yeah. went to that direction. Uh, the there is some of some eighty stuff like a little bit of eight uh, bit sounds and, and stuff on the all all the albums. There's there's some of that, but it kind of yeah. got out of hand uh, around 2017 when I I it was around the time when I
1: um,
2: I got myself a four
1: track tape recorder yeah and uh yeah is that of, is that how you that's how you started recording i'm assuming on four track
2: yeah 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 i i started with a uh, I didn't have a four tracker myself but i my brother had my big brother had one and one of my one of my friends has a had a drum machine so i would uh, get borrow those for a weekend and i could have like two days or three days just you know spending time with a drum machine my guitar yeah and, and yeah the four with, the, with the
1: snare drum going d- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> which we all love, of course. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I, but but I I kind of with the four track when I I got that I I wasn't sure why why I bought it, but then I I started thinking well I, I want to try what it was you know back you know when I was a kid I, when I had a couple of days and I would fill in a blank cassette with uh, with ten tunes or whatever it just. I would just yeah. do that so what would happen if if I tried to do that now and um, I, I wrote myself a dogma how I would write these sort of like daily like diary type of uh, spontaneous pieces of music and I, I got yeah. I, I made a rule that I, I would use iPad to create a backing track record that mainly uh, as a stereo on the first two tracks on the four tracker then I would have Two tracks for the guitar and and uh, I would compose and uh, record the whole thing as quickly yeah. as possible, hopefully in, within yeah. forty five minutes or something. And but and that was kind of a I would go for very very cheesy drum sounds and synth sounds and and uh, I would need to compose so quickly because I felt like there is somebody pointing. Gone at me because if I <laughs> if I don't finish this composition and start recording, I'm going to be late, and uh, you know the song will be not finished. <laughs> so uh, it was kind of like working like that. So that was like the morning thing, and uh, some uh, incredible pieces of music would come out. It was very uh, incredible that when you worked so fast. That you didn't have time for a critique in your head, because yeah. w- when you would, you know, when I had a you know some course there, then uh, let's try to come up with a melody. I would need to stick with some of the very first melodies because I wouldn't have time.
1: Yes, to, that's know, right, stop
2: Yeah, yeah. fishing. Uh, you know, wait for a perfect one, and uh, that worked. <laughs> and and some of the songs. I mean, even on. Uh, so, I mean, I, I released an album of, like, 40 minutes album with the out of those demos in 2000, yeah. I think, 17. Um, but then um, some tracks ended up on Mountain Tone album. I'm not... I'm not yeah. I I'm not sure. Actually, no. I don't think there's any, because I, I kind of... I put that project on pause when I did this. But uh, on this flight mode, there, there's at least... There's at least two tracks on these flight mode tremors albums that I just put out that are still from the, that same project, and those songs wow. just—they weren't just finished. I just couldn't solve them, so they became band songs that we worked as a yeah, band okay. later on. But uh, yeah. but I don't know. I wrote like 40 songs or something like that in that with that. Oh, wow! I, I started making my own music, sort of like as a solo artist, sort of. The, the thing that I'm still doing, sort of, uh, around maybe 1992, and yeah. uh, I think around 1995 or six, uh, some of the some Fast Finger songs, actually the initial exploding solo, that backing, that backing for that guitar solo that mm-hmm. started it all, came yeah. from that era. I was almost, oh, I just almost. almost took that track and just played a guitar solo on top of that little enhancements but and also one of the greatest hits uh from the second album beach turtles is also from that era but there are some crates. Oh, i love
1: Be- i was funny enough i was listening to beach turtles this morning oh, cool. that's a tremendous tune i love it yeah it's really cool <laughs> Wells beats turtles from in motion, so I figured I'd ask him a little bit more about the Fast Finger character. So when um, when Fast Finger came into your head, I mean, um, well, what I was going to say was kind of what came first, uh, cartoons or guitars. I mean, have you always been uh, uh, keen on cartoons? Uh, well,
2: I, I will. Uh, as a kid, uh, I did some comics and stuff. As a I, that, was, that was kind of interesting thing for yeah. me uh, as well and uh, it was kind of a uh, back and forth I think the music always was a little bit I was more a little bit more passionate about it but well, at mm-hmm. some, some point when I was on maybe, around maybe 19 I felt like i will never make a career in music so i went to study uh digital media it was called multimedia back in the those days now it's on gotcha, yeah. now it's very uncool to say multimedia but uh <laughs> but i basically that's all right i, I still say it so yeah we can be okay together <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I'm, I'm in the right company then but, uh, yeah man <laughs> the um well i, I studied uh, for i don't know th- 4 years i studied uh, yeah, animation okay. and uh, website stuff and, and uh, all these programs you can do yeah. whatever but the the cartooning stuff and illustrating and i got, i got some good tools for that stuff In that school, yeah. So,
1: yeah. So, um, so why was it that you decided to go out um, as uh, Mr. Fastfinger and not under your own name, certainly to start with? Anyway, because I think I read that um, you decided that you didn't want to be a public figure. Is that right?
2: Oh well, it kind of. um, This is how it went. So I I kind of had given up uh, my 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 dream about becoming a guitar hero. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I, I thought, well, what if... Uh, my, my thought was basically, was like, um, what if that kind of 90s or late 80s guitar instructional videos would be taken to the uh, modern days of internet and uh, interactive uh, interface? Yeah. And what yeah. if I would put a cartoon character to teach yeah. so i wouldn't need to be uh, in front of camera or anything I, I would just you know have fun with the uh, cartooning and animating and do all the fun stuff so yeah uh, so uh, th- it was that concept and then i st- i just started developing the idea and uh, it was my f- like final work or thesis project for the school and i i put a lot of uh, time to that and i I came up with the idea of, of kind of like an island where you would... um island where you would enter and you would meet a guitar master who would teach you the hottest licks. And uh, yeah. I actually yeah. developed... Several characters and the Fastfinger, Mr. Fastfinger was just one of those, but I, I realized at some point that I have no chance doing them all, so I just picked the most interesting and the most closest one. And Mr. Fastfinger was kind of representing my style of playing, so that website became like a really internet phenomenon. It, it was a huge success, it was before YouTube, so anything, but just kind of took over the world. And uh, a funny thing, I'm I, I, I i got to know jordan rudis he he called me one day and and i i went to went to see dream theater when we, they were uh they had a sound check or they rehearsed in helsinki for their tour okay. and i met yeah. john petrucci and he said that steve Lukather just sent him the the my website address and uh like and Joe Satriani and everyone was in the chain of the, those emails and then like oh shit man talking about stuff that I had done it was like it was like pretty uh, mind blowing for me at that point yeah here, I bet. here I su- bet. such stuff and um, it was just uh, it was kind of like for me that the whole internet opened up in a very different way and uh, I live in the countryside here and then they, it was like. Suddenly, like this, yeah. this thing really uh, took off, and uh,
1: it's pretty much like the the world. The world has arrived on your doorstep.
2: Yes, yeah, exactly. And there were many, many opportunities. Some, you know, uh, ended up playing trade shows and and in in Germany, uh, Frankfurt, Messe and and Tokyo, Yokohama, yeah. and. Uh, and all these gear endorsements like using Fender amplifiers that I still play with and uh happily yeah happily, happily used those amps and they they ended up bringing me the helping me to find my own tone in the end as well but the the all these experiences and i, th- I started thinking well what the hell the, the cartoon guitar player should do a solo album as well so um hell so yeah. that <laughs> that was that and I, I I remember talking with Jordan Rudis one time when they were in and he, Helsinki, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, it has to be Mr. Fastfinger album, and, and that would be really cool." So, well, yeah, he encouraged me as well. So
1: now, that's amazing. Actually, I'd got for a question later on. Um, I was going to say, you know, obviously you guys seem to have quite a friendship, and I was going to ask you how you sort of initially, initially met. So that ties together with that really, really well.
2: Yeah, yeah it was uh awesome. he it was just uh very he, well he's like uh, if you ever seen his uh, presence in, online he's very open to all sort of uh, creative um things yeah. and uh we somehow you know the relationship uh, it was like meeting an old friend right from the start and uh, and uh after meeting well, yeah. just talking with him a little, little while he uh he asked if i well they invited me to do an animation for dream theater their tour and i oh, helped, sweet. and i helped jordan to work on his uh, websites and uh, we did some other cartoon stuff with him and all sort of projects and yeah we've done all kind of things over the almost 15 years <laughs> i just that's uh,
1: absolutely mind-blowing
2: yeah I, I don't think i ever could have planned that it's a, sort of things just kind of uh happened that way so when that character it he uh it kind of became my vision
1: he said exploding solos kind of where the whole fast finger thing came from so we had to play it i wanted to ask him whether he was nervous about playing with jennifer batten on the uh, recent album tremors uh because obviously she's an absolute legend in the world of ladies whittlery
2: i wasn't nervous but it, but it was
1: absolutely
2: kind of like uh, it felt like a childhood or teen uh, like a Youth dream kind of. I mean, true. I never would have dreamed of being able to collaborate with with her or uh, so. No, so no, and it's no. and And still, even when I edited the video now, and and the, the single came out, and uh, uh, kind of reminded me that well, yeah, actually, we did something really, really cool here. We got Jennifer yeah. to play on our track, and we even have yeah. uh, her on the video, and and it kind of. Kind of playing the same song together so and and she's playing on my track and, and all that thing it's it's incredible and and her playing is the greatest thing was uh i really took like half a year to think about who the hell should play on that track because i i couldn't solve that tr- song alone i had to get yeah. somebody to feature and and uh, play on that and and uh yeah it yeah. was it was that one night when i woke up in the middle of the night and Jennifer Batten was was the the thing on my head that she she would be perfect. (laughs)
1: Featuring Jennifer Batten from Mika Tuska's Tremors album. What a great interview. I've got one more question for you there, Mika, and it's probably the deepest, most involved of the night, so I hope you're ready for it. <sighs> okay. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Are you Buckethead? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: have such output as he has. <laughs>
1: Oh, dear. Well, Mika, thank you so much. It's been an absolute eye-opener and a total pleasure, and you're an absolute gentleman. So thanks ever so much for coming on the show with us today. That's been blooming marvellous. I respect this
2: moment, Sean. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. Wax on and wax off. (laughs)
1: Oh, uh, do you know, he was absolutely marvellous and uh, we actually recorded one hour and 25 minutes of an interview and obviously I needed to play tunes and edit it so uh, there's actually a completely unedited version which I may have to do something with one day especially if we take the show to a two hour job That'd be great. Anyway, you've been listening to me, Sean McGee, interviewing Mikatushka, Mr. Fastfinger. This is the Monster Modal Meltdown. It's been Noodles, Chops and Whittlery on the Monster Modal Meltdown. We'll see you next time. It's the and that's some
0: rat.